0: Welcome everyone to Monday Match Analysis, I'm Gil Gross and it is time to preview the 2020 Australian Open, the first slam of the year, the Happy Slam, the Sleep Deprivation Slam, there's so much to look forward to, this is fantastic, I can't wait for Major Tennis Season once again, Uh, but I do have to start on on a more somber note, which is the Tragedy the absolutely heartbreaking things that are going on in Australia with the widespread bushfires across the country slash continent, uh, and uh, I just want to say thoughts, well wishes, condolences um, for for all that's been lost, and um, I'm proud of how the tennis community has supported the um, supported the efforts to try to aid in recovery. But Mother Nature is is such a beast sometimes and a lot bigger than than us, obviously, and this is an example. So I hope that the tournament can go on with everyone without health being sacrificed. That's the first and foremost most important thing, and I think if that can happen, the tennis can aid in the healing process and aid in the fundraising process, and I think Again, the tennis community has done a lot of good things already. So you have to start off like that. You know, i just I have to send my, my well wishes and uh, Monday match analysis stands with uh, with Australia through this. All right, this is the 2020 Australian open preview. If you're new to the channel, here's how it works. I'll go quarter by quarter. I will talk about the top seeds, sometimes not in a lot of depth, just name drop them, but I'll go over the top seeds. I will go over a... I will name a Dark Horse, which is the player who I deem to be the most dangerous player in a quarter who is unseated. I will then put one seated player on Upset Alert, obviously the seated player who I deem most likely to lose early. I will also name a Popcorn Match, which is the match that I believe is the most exciting, the most intriguing, and it gives me a chance to highlight some of the matches that I'll have my eye on in the early going. And then I will um, talk about, I will predict a quarterfinal result for each quarter. That'll bring us to the final weekend, and I will give predictions on the semifinals and the finals at the Aussie Open. The first Monday of every slam is a full 30 minutes of comment response. So look out on the community tab on the channel. Uh, Sometime early on Sunday, Eastern Time, I will put a post up and you guys can comment. And that's the best time to get comments uh, answered and read because the entire show is dedicated to comment response. Before I get started, a couple things that I'll be watching out for in general. One, I should note that the manufacturer of the hard courts at the Aussie Open has changed. used to be a California-based co- company. It is now a Spanish company. It's the same company that supplies courts, manufactures courts at the ATP Cup, um, at least in Brisbane and Sydney. So tennis, it's a partnership with Tennis Australia, really. Uh, the company has also done the courts at the O2 Arena at the ATP Finals in the past decade. Uh, and they've done, what else have they done? Oh, the Paris Masters in Bercy and also the Davis Cup in Madrid this year was uh, also done by this Spanish company. The idea for Tennis Australia was to keep the same type of court, which is a blue acrylic plexi-cushion court, Um, and the goal, it sounds like, from reading the official statements from Tennis Australia addressing the new court surface, is that they're really going for the same thing. And to my eye, watching Sydney, watching Brisbane, it seems like more of the same. It seems like a relatively fast hard court. It's certainly the one thing that definitely jumped out to me was that this is a low-bouncing hard court. Um, perhaps a little bit less lively than what I'm used to seeing at the Australian Open, but I think the safest way to go about this is to assume until further notice that the conditions are going to be the same at the Australian Open. So. Going into this, I'm predicting matches, assuming that the conditions are going to be the same. I think that that's the the safest route to go, and I'm not confident that anything is going to be substantially different this year at the Australian Open. What will be substantially different, without a doubt, is that players have more tennis under their belts because the ATP Cup, which was a new addition to the schedule, was more physical. And more emotional than any tournament that was previously scheduled before the Australian Open, and that'll be something interesting to look out for because that's different. Already, we've seen Alex De Minaur, who um, who was playing really good tennis and could have made some noise. He had to withdraw from his home major because of an abdominal tear that he uh, suffered while playing at the ATP Cup. But you look at players like Medvedev and Nadal and Djokovic, top seeds, they all went far in, uh, at the ATP Cup. They all played some really long physical matches, and I have to wonder if that's going to play an effect. Roger Federer skipped the ATP Cup for family reasons. Again, will that play an effect? So um, that's something different to look out for. But in general, I think with more players healthy, with more players traditionally well-rested, you get a little bit fewer surprises at the Australian Open. I'd say expectations fall a little bit closer to reality at the Australian Open. And it's also a little bit harder to uh, predict just because we have less data points. Coming into the Australian Open. So this will be fun. I'm, I'm anticipating a pretty chalky tournament. And when the draw came out, my general reactions... And by the way, nothing really stuck out. To me, it's a pretty mundane, a pretty reasonable, balanced draw. But I would say the two toughest quarters are... Nadal's quarter and Medvedev's quarter. I'd say the easiest quarter is by far Federer's quarter, and I think Djokovic's quarter falls somewhere in between the two. There's our thumbnail. It's the beautiful Rod Laver Arena. And uh, let's get started here. Going quarter by quarter, we start with Nadal's quarter. The top seeds are Rafa, team, Gael Karen Hachinov, Nick Kyrgios, Felix Auger, Ali Asim, Pablo Carina Busta, and Taylor Fritz. My dark horse in this quarter is Kevin Anderson, who I believe is the single most dangerous unseeded player in this draw. The tennis he was playing was reminiscent of the top 10 Kevin Anderson that we got used to. I mean, he's got the big serve. But it just looked like the consistency was back, the confidence off the ground was back. He's still not a creative player. He still doesn't really come up with a lot of spectacular shot making. But what you get out of Kevin Anderson is just a really good combination of big serving and consistent big hitting from the baseline, packaged with a pretty good, uh, packaged with pretty good movement, which makes him. Just a tough guy to break given the serve. And then someone who, if you give enough second serves, is, is just going to be able to dig his teeth into baseline rallies. And uh, he's a tough guy to beat. And I think for Dominic Team, it's, uh, it's a disastrous player to possibly have to play in the third round, especially given teams' trouble with big servers on fast surfaces. He lost to um, he lost to Sam Querrey at Wimbledon. His only loss at the ATP Finals was to Matteo Berrettini. There are, and I, I haven't looked too deeply into this, but there are a good number of examples of Dominic team struggling with some of the best servers in the sport on quick surfaces. Upset alert in this quarter. I don't really see it. I put none. Um, the way I do this, the way I, I, I do this, my process, is I fill out my bracket. I pick every single match, and in this quarter, it just so happens that I, I don't really have anyone—I just don't have anyone, any of the seeds losing early, so I can't have an upset alert. I mean, if, if there's anyone, it's probably that third-round match that I have circled between Anderson and Team that I think could be dangerous for Team. but at the end of the day— I do pick Dominic Team in that match. I just think it could get shaky for him. Popcorn match is Taylor Fritz and Kevin Anderson. Um, that's just a pretty high-level match for round two, as far as I'm concerned. Fritz is still on a good, good trajectory. He had an excellent 2019, and we'll see if he continues to develop or if his movement and his athleticism Just not quite at the level of some of the players his age that have broken into the top 10. Maybe that sees him level out in the 20s slash the teens in the rankings. That could be where we see Fritz level out. But interesting 2020 upcoming for Fritz. Anderson, a guy who came back from injury in 2019 and never found it. So this is a good match between two players who there's a good chance they'll be playing top 30 tennis in the second round here. My quarterfinal is Nadal over Dominic Thiem. Uh, I do think that if if Nadal has first strike tennis working here, um, you know this is this is interesting. This is an interesting match, and I'm not sure those two are going to get there. Let's talk about Nadal first before we get to that match, because Nadal, it's not that he has a hard draw. It's just. There's some tough ones for him that could be waiting for him in the fourth round. Where he'll probably get either Nick Kyrgios, who beat him on a hard court last year in Acapulco and is so dangerous with with the things he can do when he's focused, when he's on. Or Karen Hachinov, who's also a tough matchup for Nadal because he handles Rafa's cross-court forehand with, uh, with his 6'6 six six frame and a strong backhand also the big serving that Hatchinov brings uh, he's played a lot of close matches with Nadal so that's it's going to be a tough matchup in the fourth round for Rafa team will have a cozier fourth round match in my opinion could be Felix Auger-Aliassime could be Gael Monfils either one i i almost i'm almost inclined to say that the Anderson match could be uh, more dangerous for team than his fourth round match but uh, if Nadal meets team I'm gonna go with Nadal because Nadal um, does a really good job of uh, he's done a really good job of getting the net of winning court position against team of attacking his backhand playing first strike tennis but I gotta say, as you'll see, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna have any spoilers. I'm gonna leave it at that right now, and I want to move it on. I want to move on to the next quarter. Daniil Medvedev's quarter features Alexander Zverev, David Gafan, Stan Wawrinka, Andrei Rublev, John Isner, Nicholas Basilis Vili, and Joe Wilfred Sanga. My dark horse in this quarter is Casper Rude, who had a uh, very, very impressive ATP Cup. He's in his early 20s. He's someone to watch out for uh, age-wise. But he uh, he beat John Isner. He beat Fabio Fanini. Then he took Daniil Medvedev to a tiebreak. He's a player with a good head on him, athletic, and a really good forehand. Uh, I don't. He doesn't strike me as a fast court player, but he's still shown me enough that I feel uh, he deserves Dark Horse designation here in this quarter. My upset alert is Alexander Zverev, who uh, double-faulted a lot at the ATP Cup, who seemed to be fighting internally with his team at the ATP Cup. And um, again, I think I've thrown out the word fragile a lot when describing Zverev. And instead of just throwing out that word, I want to make sure I'm, I'm clear about what that means. When I call Zverev fragile, it means that at any moment... He can lose all of his confidence. That doesn't mean he's not going to look good in the first round, or that doesn't mean he's going to lose in the second or the third. But as soon as adversity strikes Alexander Zverev, his game takes a nosedive. He can't handle it. He goes downhill. He doesn't believe in himself suddenly. He's smashing rackets, he is, you know, fighting with his team. And his game's going downhill. So, to me, um, any match can pretty much be a bombshell for, for Zverev. But I have him certainly losing to Andre Rublev. I have Rublev beating Gafan in the third round. I think Rublev is... I think Rublev is going to play really well at this tournament, as long as he's not tired. He'll come into Australia having played 12 matches, which is a lot, because... Played Doha, then he played Adelaide. Uh, he won Doha. He's in the finals now, Adelaide at the time of this recording. So it's a lot of match play. But 22-year-old, beginning of the year, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, and I'm going to say that Rublev has enough gas in the tank here to make a deep run in Australia. He's playing such great tennis, and the quick sur- uh, surface should should suit Rublev. He takes the ball on the rise. High margin aggression off both wings, pumping more aces. Um, in my estimation, second serve still isn't strong, but I think he has enough to overcome that. Uh, it's looking like, it's looking like his legs are stronger. He's moving better. He's just on such a good trajectory, and he'll be joining the the top fleet very soon. He'll be joining the ranks of Titi Pass and. Um, and Medvedev and Zverev, in my opinion, very soon. So I have Rublev taking out Gafan. I have Rublev taking out Zverev, reaching the semifinals. Uh, Medvedev has some really tough ones. He's got Francis Tifo in the first round. That is the popcorn match in this quarter. Medvedev also could draw Joe Wilfred Sangha, In the third round, Sanga is someone who's going to get to the net a lot. And I still feel that Medvedev's flatter hitting can sometimes pose a problem. Sometimes he doesn't really quite have his passing shots going. And uh, I think that's one way where you can give Medvedev some trouble. I think the serve volley is a good play against Medvedev as well. So we'll see if Sanga can implement some of that. In the fourth round, Medvedev can draw Stan Wawrinka, a player who's excellent at generating pace off of both wings, a player who really doesn't mind a ball that's low, especially on his backhand. I mean, Wawrinka generates the kind of racket head speed where he has no problem. He's not going to have much of a problem attacking Medvedev's cross-court backhand if Medvedev leaves it short where a lot of players really can't do much with it because it stays low, because there's often not a lot of pace on it. Vavrinka and Medvedev played at the U.S. Open, and I got the sense from watching that match that if Vavrinka was just able to make more balls, he really could have won that match. It's a really tough one for for Medvedev. Then after that, he faces his countryman Rublev, who I think is playing great tennis. So Medvedev has the worst draw out of anyone. Out of the top four seeds, I should say. To me, it's Daniil. Kaspar Ruud, by the way, is in a really weak section. With world number 99 in the first ra- uh, round, I don't want to butcher his name. So I won't even say it. But he's ranked 99, and I've never seen him play. The winner of Chechenado and—no, that's not Chechenado that's is that checkconado they misspelled his name yeah that's Marco checkconado in the first round for zverev um that could be interesting I, I I have zverev in that with with this I mean just off his serve alone on a fast court I think Zverev uh should get, be able to get the better of Marco checkconado but uh Ruud um is in a section with zverev checkconado Verdasco Basilashvili, and that's about it it's a really good section, a wide-open section. So we could see anyone out of there. But then I'd say the winner of Gafan and Rublev definitely makes the quarterfinal there. I'm really confident in Medvedev's game right now. I, I think he's in a really good place. And this is what I think will be his best major when it comes to how the surface suits his game being a little bit quicker than New York, being a little bit lower bouncing than New York. I think those two things will will help him. Being well rested will help him because I his game is so physical. I think there's a lot going for Medvedev. And um, I do have him coming out of the quarter. Medvedev TFO in round one, by the way, I, I just want to quickly address that because that's the popcorn match. TFO is also someone who can do some interesting things against Medvedev by taking a lot of pace off the ball, keeping the ball short in the court. Uh, I think that we could see um, I think we could see TFO do some interesting things against Medvedev. He's not at a high enough level to really compete. So I wouldn't really be surprised if that's straight sets. But look out for TFO using a lot of backhand slice, a lot of drop shots, a lot of no pace balls off his backhand. And uh, th- that'll be another good test. Or could be another good test. Wouldn't be surprised if Medvedev blows him out, to be honest. Moving on to Roger Federer's quarter. You have top seeds in Matteo Berrettini, Fabio Fanini, Denis Shapovalov, Grigor Dimitrov, Guido Pela, and Hubert Herkach. The best... Draw out of the top four seeds, in my opinion, goes to Roger Federer. I have Federer. He'll face uh, Stevie Johnson in the first round, Philip Krajinovic in the second. Hubert Hurkacz has put together a lot of really good results. Um, someone who's was pr- among the most impressive players at the ATP Cup, beat Dominic Thiem, Borna Chorich, Diego Schwartzman at the ATP Cup. Uh, but Fetters played him once, beat him pretty comfortable 6-4, 6-4 and really bothered Hercotch with his uh, slice backhand cross court. Um, a really interesting third-round match in this one should be Grigor Dimitrov and Denis Shapovalov, both players who are outside the top 10, both players who I think could be inside the top 10 very soon. Yannick Sinner is in this quarter, sharing the title of Dark Horse um with Riley Opelka as John Isner fades Riley Opelka rises and uh it it's interesting i think they're on a very they're on a very like parallel uh crossroads but Opelka gets Fanini in the first round he he beat him at the US Open Last year, and again, I mean, when Fanini faces big servers on fast surfaces, always gives Fabio issues. So, I mean, again, I'm picking Opelka with the upset in the first round there over Fanini. Uh, Borna Chorich also has a big serving American in Sam Query. And Chorich hasn't looked very good to me early on, defending a lot of points, quarterfinal points here at the Aussie. A lot of pressure for a player with not a lot of confidence right now. Uh, I've, uh, I've seen some questions, by the way, with what's going on with Borna Cioric. The, the simple answer is he, he can't generate any offense because his forehand is just brutal right now. And uh, I think the back issues that he's had, I think, threw off probably his hitting mechanics. And he has no confidence generating off his forehand. It's such a tough place to be in. I mean that's how most players create offense in men's tennis. It's off their forehand. He's got a really good backhand, but you, you just can't get enough off of off of a backhand. You need to you need to be able to have a forehand where you're able to accelerate and and attack, especially when there's not a lot of pace on the ball. And Chorich just he, he's not comfortable finishing points. Players are able to have so much success defending against Chorich because he doesn't have that approach shot that he can rely on, especially on the forehand side. Um, what else do we have here? Denis Shapovalov against Yannick Sinner in round two. I don't know if Sinner's legs are ready. I'm not sure his legs are strong enough yet to, to beat really good players. But I think from now on, whenever Yannick Sinner is floating around the draw, you know, he's going to be a dark horse. He's going to be a, an early popcorn. I mean, that's, I think that's how it's going to be because he's super talented. He'll rise up the ranks this year. Um, so this will be really fun to see. Definitely I have a match I'll have my eyes on is Shapovalov-Center in round two. Matteo Berrettini is the luckiest player in this draw, plain and simple. The number eight seed has the weakest eighth by far, uh, and I-, I see him making the quarterfinal. I don't really see who can take him out. He's got Tennis Sandgren in the second round. Sam Querrey, I have him in the third round. I mean, it could be Chorich. If it's Chorich, same thing. Guido Pela, Riley Opelka, maybe Fabio Fanini in the fourth round. I mean, he's got the weakest eighth in the entire draw. So, Federer and Berrettini in the quarterfinals. It's a really good quarterfinal, though, for Federer. A quarterfinal that I could totally see Federer... um, just like in the U.S. Open, I could I could totally see Feder winning this one pretty easily and having plenty of energy going into the semifinal. It's a really positive thing for for Feder because he could have drawn Dominic team. Um, he could have drawn Stefanos Tsitsipas, and those two guys would have been way different stories for Roger Feder. He was really hoping, I'm sure, for I mean, even Zverev's given him trouble, but he was probably hoping for Berrettini, mostly Berrettini, or Zverev. And he got his guy, so so that's a really good thing for Fetter. Let us move on to the next quarter, and again, guys, it's chalk. I know I have the uh, the top seed moving on, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you just just so I give you a little bit more, I'll tell you who I think is most likely of the top four seeds to not make the semifinal. But nothing was convincing enough here for me to pick against the. Um, any of the top four seeds. But I will tell you after this who I think will uh, be most likely in my mind. Djokovic is in a quarter with Stefanos Tsitsipas, Roberto Bautista Agu, Diego Schwartzman, Dusan Lajovic, Dan Evans, and Milos Raonic. Tsitsipas, you would think uh, this would be a super dangerous tournament for him. He's But uh, he's defending quarterfinal points. Um, or semifinal points. He played Nadal. Did he play Nadal in the semifinals? Yeah, I think he did. Yes. Right? Or the quarters. I'm forgetting. Um, RBA is on a nine match win streak. Really dangerous. Diego Schwartzman. court's a little speedy for a player who doesn't have a serve like Schwartzman. Dusan Lajovic was really impressive for Team Serbia at the ATP Cup. It's a little speedy for him, these courts, but uh really great ball striker in Lajovic. Doesn't move very well, but w- when he does get there, he gets it back. He can defend. Dan Evans has looked rejuvenated. Really good. Lots of great offensive weapons for Dan Evans. And then Milos Raonic, still kind of on a steady decline, and I, I don't really know what to make of him. So Djokovic is, uh, again, kind of in between. I don't think it's as difficult as Nadal, uh, just because... Just because TT Pass, I don't think, is in a great place right now, and uh, RBA is not someone. Well, RBA is is someone to watch for um, in the quarterfinals, uh, but not quite as difficult as Nadal. He doesn't have those early bombshells. There's no, he doesn't have his version of a Kyrios or a Hatchnov in the fourth round. He's got a tough quarterfinal, but but you know, so does Nadal and Dominic Team, um, and. Medvedev has that, I, in my opinion, in, in Andrei Rublev. Medvedev has more bombshells. Then again, it's not really like a Roger Federer situation where you, where you really don't see anyone very threatening. Um, because Tsitsipas, RBA, they're real threats. All in all, I think Djokovic should be pretty happy with this. My dark horse is Marin Cilic, which, I mean... This is definitely the first time he's been uh in consideration for uh for Dark Horse, but he looks a little bit better. And now we're gonna we're gonna find out. Was he just playing injured all of 2019 or is he old? Is he old or is he injured? We'll find out very soon. But Chilich is is someone if he's well rested, if his body feels good again, maybe he comes in with some newfound confidence. I really didn't like what I was seeing from him in twenty nineteen, though. I mean, just going for the line on every single shot, he he looked desperate to end every point in under three shots. just it was like he could not bear to play a long rally. And uh, maybe that was because he was in discomfort or didn't have confidence in his movement and just felt like he had to end every point quickly. But I want to give chillich respect here, and uh, he at least deserves Dark Horse designation as an unseated player. He's got to be up there for the most you know, dangerous unseated player in this quarter. Upset alert is Dan Evans. I like what I'm seeing from Dan Evans, so this isn't something I was really excited to pick. But um, a first-round match with Mackie McDonald could, could make him work really hard. And then a second-round match with Nishioka— could also make him work even harder. I mean, those are two guys who get a ton of balls back, and when you play those kind of players, you gotta bring your A game. They they won't beat themselves, Nishioka and Mackie McDonald. So Dan Evans cannot afford a drop off, um, or or he'll lose in in one of the first two rounds because those are those are tough opponents if you don't have your A game. I especially like what I've seen from Nishioka, Mac- Mackie McDonald. That's not a tough, that's not that bad a first round draw for, for Dan Evans, but Nishioka's played really good tennis. Early popcorn, Titi Pass and Cole Not bad. Uh, but all in all, um Pass had a rather concerning look, he was very streaky in 2019. He can play great. He can play not so great because he's emotional and his confidence swings up and down like a roller coaster. And I, I just, I get the sense that it's on the wrong, um, that it's on what? There's peaks and troughs. I get the sense that his confidence is more, is closer to a trough right now. He said he was having trouble focusing at the ATP Cup. Um, and he just, he, it doesn't look like he's turned any kind of corner mentally um, from, a, from a maturity standpoint. And again, he he has great in, in some ways he's great mentally. I mean his competitiveness, his drive, his his uh, work ethic on the court, his will you know his will to win that's all great but he is so he is so darn emotional that he gets so hard on himself and loses confidence and it, it, he just he kind of seemed like a mess at the ATP Cup. So normally a guy who I think would be very dangerous, against Novak Djokovic, but I really think RBA's in a better place. He's going to make every ball. Uh, Low-bouncing, fast-hardcourt. Bautista Agut's best surface. And um, I, I see him beating Pass because Stefanos is going to need his best game against RBA. If he has it, he's got way more firepower. Stefanos should win that match. But uh, I, I don't see Pass bringing his best to Australia. For some reason, that's my sense. So I have Djokovic beating RBA, tough matchup for Novak. What happens? He has to work hard. He wins, but uh, should have to work hard. RBA makes him work hard. Um, Before I get to the final weekend, um, I'm inclined to say that uh, I'd be most, I think the most volatility lies in the first quarter. Where I'm not really sure what we're going to get out of Dominic team, And I'm not really sure what we're going to get out of Rafa Nadal. Who I'm concerned about physically. With the history of his hard court durability. With him admitting that he was in physical discomfort by the end of ATP Cup. But also just by the notion and the virtue of him playing such a tough and physical ATP Cup. Um, I'm a little bit concerned about Nadal... Um, and how he's looked physically. He also looked not very comfortable defending by the tail end of that ATP Cup. By the way, didn't look very good in a bunch of those matches. Uh, loses to David Gafan, doesn't look good against Nishioka, takes a while to get going against Novak Djokovic. Uh, so I think if we're going to see something weird happen, I think it's going to be in the first quarter. Nadal's quarter, number one seed. Whether that be uh, again, really uncertain about what kind of tennis Dominic team is going to bring, and a little bit uncertain about the tennis Nadal is going to bring. It's hard to see Nadal though, with how consistent he's been in the last two years when healthy. It's just, it's just really impossible to pick against him. But. I do have some suspicions about his, uh, his form and his health. Here's my final weekend. After what I just said, you won't be too surprised to see uh, I have Medvedev finally getting over the hump against Nadal. Uh, in, in one respect, you might say, well, Nadal has beaten Medvedev in so many high-profile matches in the last four months. I mean, he beat him handedly in um, Toronto. Then he beat him in the fifth, in, in the five set US Open Final. Then he beat him at the O2 arena after being down five one in the third set. But I'd rather flip that around and just be like, look, Medvedev, who's by the way, not someone who's really ever short on confidence, so I'm not worried about him, you know, really being intimidated by the prior results against Nadal. Medvedev's nearly beaten him twice in a row. This to me the surface favors Medvedev, and I expect Medvedev to likely be a little bit fresher at this point in the tournament, and um, I have Medvedev getting by Nadal in four sets. I have Djokovic getting over the Federer test in four sets. I really, I'm really, i expecting really good tennis out of a fresh Roger Federer here in Australia. I'm just expecting a better Novak Djokovic than uh, the Djokovic that Federer beat in Paris, the Djokovic that... Um, got past Federer in the Wimbledon final. It's it's not that I expect a drop-off from Federer. I really do expect good tennis. I, I just expect a different Djokovic. I don't expect the same Djokovic. Um, I think he's better right now. And uh, ultimately, I still think Djokovic has more offense than Daniil Medvedev, more acceleration off the forehand wing. It just helps him win more uh, quick points, easier I, I think he has the edge in the Medvedev matchup, and uh, who knows how um, how spent Medvedev will be um, at, at this point in the tournament. But Djokovic over Medvedev in four sets. I don't harp on these matches because they may or may not happen. So I'm not going to go in too much detail. But if you have um, if anything I said in this preview particularly offended you or caught your ear or or whatever it be, uh, remember. Monday, every Monday, before every major, is a full 30 minutes of comment response. So I will see you then. Hope you enjoyed this one. Don't forget to subscribe. I'll see you next time.